Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we are in your presence. Speak to us. Speak to us. Minister to us, Lord. Let your word come to us in fullness. Let your word come to us without dilution. Let your word come to us without filter. Let your word come to us in its entirety. Let your word come to us, Lord, in, in the way you want it to be delivered. I pray, Lord, that we, none of us will miss out on what you have in store for us, Lord. None of us here will miss out. We will not be dull of hearing today. We will not present our ears which are dull of hearing. We pray, Lord, that we'll present our members, Lord, our senses, our ears, our, our eyes, our, the entire faculty of our being, Lord, will be presented as instruments of righteousness to connect with God, to communicate with God, to receive from God and to glorify God. Amen. Father, we pray that you will have your way in our midst, Lord. Come against every resistance in this place. Thank you, Lord, that this place is sanctified by the blood of Christ for the move of the Holy Spirit, for the power of God to be at work. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let everything, everything be straightened up in this place. Everything that is disorderly be, be brought to order. Divine order, not man's order, but divine order. Even if that is against man's order, Lord, we pray that things will be brought to divine order. As your word is being ministered by your spirit, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to pay attention. Make that commitment. I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to, I'm going to lay aside every distraction. Amen. And I'm going to give ear to God. Because I want to hear from God. Amen. I want to listen to his voice. Amen. The most important thing, and I, I, I always say this, the most important thing in your life is you hearing from God. There is nothing beyond that. There is nothing bigger than that. The greatest thing that you can ever do on any given day of your life is to give attention to the voice of God. Amen. And we are in the second half of the, the year of purification. And um, God has been speaking to us. And he will, without fail, continue to assure us that we are his beloved. Amen. And I told you how last week. I hope you remember that. Let me see whether you remember that. What's the proof of God's love for us? Say it loud. Say it loud. If you heard the word, if you received the word, if you are applying the word, say it loud. Yes. The proof of God's love for us is his voice of correction. His word of correction. If you can hear God's word, which comes to correct you, rebuke you, change you, reprove you, that is the proof of his love for you. Because the Bible says he will correct, he will discipline the son in whom, is the son who, who, who he allows, and the son in whom he says delight, he will correct. Amen. The voice of correction is the, the proof of God's love. Amen. And... Uh, and one thing that I'm really encouraged these days is to know that he's mindful of even the small little details of our lives. Man, he's so mindful of it. Now, I, do you know that there are areas in your life that you're overlooking? You think you're so smart, you, you think that you got it all covered, but there are areas in your life that you yourself are overlooking. You're ignoring it. Though you feel so confident about the fact that, yeah, I, I got it all covered. I, I'm, I'm so careful about everything. But I want you to know there are things in your life, areas in your life that you have overlooked. Many areas, in fact. 
but i want you to know that god is mindful of even those areas and he's not going to overlook those areas now for god there is nothing trivial about you and i want you to know that god there's nothing in your life which is trivial to god there's nothing insignificant to god now there are things there are there are probably areas in your life that you think oh it's it's, it's okay it's insignificant it's not it's not a big deal but for god every detail of your life the this the hair strand that falls to the ground is important for him he keeps a track of it he is numbering the number of hair strands on your head i mean real time not at the end of the year not when he takes stock of like you know the the shops are closed and say stock what's that stock checking at yeah taking stock or whatever they say and they close they put down the shutter and uh, for, for a couple of days they will be just going through the stock god is not doing it like that real time say real time when a hair strand falls off your head he knows it whether it is easy to count like you know there are people in our midst who it's easy to count the hair strands on their head but there are others not so easy but god is keeping track of every single one of you man he knows the way you are sleeping whether you are rising up whether you are sitting down whether you are turning whether you are traveling whether you are he knows it, it all is mindful of you and he's not going to leave he's not going to leave anything untouched nothing irrelevant in your life nothing about your life is irrelevant man hallelujah tell your neighbor you are precious man and god has got plans to prosper you oh the way you're saying ah, you're precious <laughs> you're you're very precious god has got plans to prosper you like he's got plans right i mean let there be conviction like she said when she was ministering when pastor nisha was ministering she said say it the way jesus has said man you're precious to him tell a neighbor turn to your neighbor and say you're precious to jesus you are precious to him hallelujah he's got plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to bring you to an expected end amen to give you a future and a hope the hope of the righteous will not be cut off amen it shall not be cut off your your hope cannot be cut off it cannot be annulled it cannot be cancelled everything that the lord has spoken about you will come to pass everything sorry that's right your hope will not be disappointed even unto ages everlasting your hope will not disappoint you you have a blessed hope in christ jesus man hallelujah because you are precious to him you know you know what i'm praying these days for you i'm praying you know, we are taking time to pray for the church you know for 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 all of you individually sometimes sometimes collectively but sometimes individually and one of the things that i commonly pray for all of you is that do you want to know it i pray that every distraction that the enemy is bringing into your life will be exposed as a debacle it'll be exposed it'll become a big flop every distraction that the enemy is trying to bring up in your life will be exposed it'll be brought to nothing it shall become a big flop amen that's what i'm praying hallelujah i prayed for you even yesterday and i said the exact same thing because the lord the spirit of god put in my heart to pray like this for the church it shall be brought to nothing it shall become a big flop every debacle it will be debacle yes amen hallelujah and we are living in exciting times show some excitement in the church i mean you you know how to show excitement 
in other places. Now we are learning how to be excited in the presence of God. We got to learn that. To be excited in the presence of God. Amen. You are in the, in the, in the presence of the one that matters. Amen. And you better be excited. Even if you're not excited anywhere else, it's all right. But if you're not excited in the presence of God, there's something wrong. Amen. So get excited. Tell your neighbor we are living in exciting times. Exciting times. This is a, these are the exciting days for the church. The church is up to something because God is up to something. Through the church, in the church, amen, within the church. Exciting times. Amen. If you're living in, in 2023, you're living in exciting times. Because these are the glory days. I mean, you know, some of us are still looking backwards and, and thinking, okay, wow, what a time it was, the Fessendary Church. And, and then we're looking at different eras of the church, history of the church, and we go like, wow, the Reformation, all those things, the, the, the revivals, all those. We are like, wow. I wanted to know that we are, we, are, we are not yet seen what God is about to do. The greater things are just ahead of us. Amen. For the church, greater things are still ahead for the church. The Lord will do it. And if you're one of those people like, you know, yeah. We've heard it many times before. If you're like that, then you're going to miss out. But I want you to know, I believe in this and I, I stand for it. I know that greater days of the church are still ahead. Glorious, the latter glory of, of this house will be greater than the former glory. Amen. The Lord will do such a work in our midst, in our lives, through us. Amen. Through the church, through the true church, such a work is coming. Amen. And we are being prepared. And that cannot be accomplished through, uh, you know, impure people that cannot be accomplished through people who are like you know one foot here and one foot on the other God wants some commitment and God is refining the church the refiners fire is at work the cleansing going on in the church there's a work of purification at, at in, in 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 the church today even today man hallelujah and and you're blessed if you're yielding yielded to it you're blessed if you're yielded to it Woe unto you if you are resisting it. I'm telling you. Woe unto you if you are resisting it. If your pride is not allowing, to, allowing you to agree to what God is doing, woe unto you. Because see, I, I want you to know there is, no, there is no prosperity outside of God's word. There is no prosperity out, outside of God's plan. Nothing else is going to prosper you. Nothing else is going to benefit you outside of what God has seen for you. So you better agree to God. You better agree to God. No, we cannot live any way we want. We cannot say we cannot. We cannot. Uh, this is the reality. If you are in the church, you cannot live any way you want. No, you cannot. You cannot. God is setting a standard. He's raising up a standard. Amen. And he's, he's causing that standard to be established in the house of God. Hallelujah. There's a shaking in the house. There's a shaking in the house. Man. Lord, I break this wall of resistance in Jesus' name. I pray that your people will receive the word. They will take the word for what it is. Let them not respect the man who's speaking it, but let them know who is speaking. That you are speaking. Let them receive this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. We cannot live foolishly. We cannot live without a divine purpose. We cannot live without a godly goal in our lives. We cannot. Enough. Enough is enough. Gone are the days. Behind me are the days when I lived any way I wanted. 
those days are behind me those days that's why the bible talks about in those former formerly you walked in the ways of the world alienated to god anyhow where you wanted to walk but now you are in the kingdom of god the kingdom of his beloved son blood washed sanctified made pure amen you have no excuse to live any way you want i'm telling you god is going to do something great he is going to do something unprecedented and which will leave the world breathless in awe bewildered blown away the world is going to go like that what is going on here because god is going to going to move through the church in the church amen and if you're going to just you know if if your attitude is okay let me put my feet up and enjoy and and see how it goes let's see no you better be ready you be ready man that's right be be like the wise virgin be ready be clothed with readiness man be girded with readiness man you got to be see the the bible says be girded with readiness rathabasi and we cannot live by the flesh and you understand see you must understand the devil these are the days the devil is working overtime say overtime he's working overtime he is working overtime and the, you know the bible says if possible he would like to deceive even the elect that's that's what we're talking about that's what we're dealing with and the church cannot go to slumber we cannot go to sleep we have to wake up we cannot be so caught up with the things of this world we cannot be earthly minded temporal minded with all our goals back to things which are on this side of eternity no we have a mission from god we have a purpose to fulfill and we got to shed this lackness this complacency we have to shed it get rid of it and we have to teach our children your children are learning from you by the way one generation's slackness is being um, rubbed on to the next generation and that's how it has always been you read the bible you see the old testament it's always been like that once a generation forsakes god every generation that forsook god is answerable to the next generation that came in which knew nothing about god and we cannot be that generation we are the generation that going to go back to god return to god we are returning sir returning amen returning to the purposes the ch- this this church say this church this generation of this church we are going back to god we are going back hallelujah and we cannot we cannot we cannot be foolhardy we cannot be we cannot be slack no we just cannot be we cannot be man pleasers we cannot be man pleasers we cannot be self seekers the bible warns about those who love their self there are there's a, there's a category of people who love their own self we cannot be one of them we have to love god for who he is don't think that the devil will give you more respect because you've been coming to a church for a long time the devil care to hoots about that the devil care to hoots about your long standing in the church or your long uh, season of attendance with the church no that does not impress the devil at all the devil is terrified of people who are walking with god Amen. that's all if you're walking with jesus he is terrified he is terrified of people who are standing firm 
not the ones who are like you know do two timing on god and living by double standards hello wake up church wake up wake up he does not care whether you are a pastor he does not care whether you are a teacher of god's word he does not care whether you are a worship leader he does not care any of the devil does not care any of these things he is he is trying if possible to deceive even the elect your title does not matter to the devil stand firm resist the devil submit to god resist the devil and he will flee you understand no other way okay just because you go and say see i i i go to that church every sunday devil is not going to flee you better have personal walk with jesus man and which is growing say growing, growing. say growing. growing say growing all the all the children say growing A growing relationship with Jesus. We heard about that today. No Jesus, no peace. And then no Jesus, no peace. And more of knowing Jesus, more of knowing peace. Amen. And, and she spoke about that peace and grace and peace being multiplied. How? By the true knowledge of, of Christ. When you know Jesus. Now in this dark world that you're living in, there is no scope for peace. I'm telling you. There is no scope for grace. Nothing. There is no way you will stand if not for your knowing Jesus intimately personally not through somebody man you cannot stand before the devil and say yeah i know jesus through my father or my mother my friend has told me about jesus it doesn't care it doesn't matter do you know jesus do, how well do you know him somebody respond this morning how well do you know him how well do you know him Now we were on on Friday we were we were having what were we having folks say focus now we are we restarted our, our youth meeting and um, we were looking at one scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 2 towards the end of our se- that session 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 2 i would like to take that scripture on the screen yes it's on the screen for i am jealous for you paul is writing to the corinthian church the church that he loves so much and he's writing to them and saying for i'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy for i betroth you to one say one it's a single it's not polygamy this is monogamy one single man to one husband so that to christ i might present you as a say pure say pure do you love the word pure pure I want to present you as a pure virgin but I'm afraid Paul is saying I'm afraid the the apostle who shook the nations he's saying but I'm afraid as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness say craftiness your minds will be led away led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ these are scriptures that as Christians we must constantly reflect on you must reflect on these scriptures see if you're going to if you're going to take the devil lightly you have no idea what he can how he can mess up your life wreck your life destroy that's why the bible says do not give a even give a foothold to the devil say foothold 
what is a foothold foothold is a just enough place to keep your foot you know when you are mountaineers or mountain climbers to go so go hiking on steep mountains they looking for the foothold so they can they can climb just enough place to pivot their body so their body can be taken up so the devil is looking for just a foothold he is not looking for a, a large space one foothold you give to the devil that's enough for him look at this it says but i'm afraid as the serpent deceived eve by his how did the serpent deceive eve have you ever thought about it how did the serpent deceive eve the serpent first came to eve eve was alone serpent came to eve and then the serpent struck a conversation with it's a conversation beware of what who you're conversing with who you're talking with you're listening serpent just came like very sly say sly very sly wiggling 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 no that those days you could walk yeah, yeah that's right but the, the his character became the way he turned out to be in the end god cursed him cursed it so the, the serpent came very sly the bible says he came very sly and then struck a conversation with eve and tried to befriend say befriend make friends i want to be friends with you let's be friends talked about friendship with the world on on friday is there enmity with and you should know that don't think every friendship is safe no friendship with the world is enmity with god that's how god says it so this 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 character called the serpent came had a conversation started a conversation befriended befriended eve then the serpent engaged eve in a line of thought in a certain direction of thought then the serpent fed her imagination if you do this you will be like say imaginations see that's where that's the place where the enemy wants to have some access your imaginations your mind that's right that's why the bible talks about bring down every thought to the obedience bring it captive to the obedience of christ every lofty thought that is raised up against the knowledge of god bring it down the stronghold do you know that your imaginative power is a stronghold in your life can become a stronghold in your life your imagination so the enemy is feeding imaginations in the realm of imaginations the enemy is speaking giving thoughts say thoughts i say ideas say every interaction that you have whether you know it or not is is triggering imaginations within you every interaction and you think yeah you can go through the motions of life without being affected but i want you to know that every interaction that you allow in your life is triggering imaginations the war is in the head in the mind that's where the enemy wants access if he can get you to think in the direction that he is wanting you to think then he gets control over you because your body follows your being follows your thought are you with me so the, the enemy is trying to feed imaginations the enemy fed the imagination the serpent fed her imagination and persuaded say persuaded persuaded eve to buy an idea 
which is not according to God's word, totally contrary to the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. That is the enemy's mode of operation even today. It's a craftiness. The enemy is crafty. You better know that. The enemy is crafty. And the enemy is trying to craftily take advantage, craftily take, have sway over our lives. He'll come in very quietly, very stealthily and craftily influence your mind, your thinking in the direction that he wants. So the church must wise up. Say wise up. Tell your neighbor wise up. Say wise up. Meaning you must, you must use your wisdom. Don't put your wisdom to sleep. Because you belong to Jesus. You better use your wisdom. You're given wisdom from above. And that is for you to use when you live on this earth. You must not be unaware of the schemes of the enemy. The schemes of the enemy is full of craftiness. Stealth. Huh? That's right, to destroy you. The church must, uh, must wise up. And we, we got to live by the Spirit. For the Spirit, by the Spirit, without any compromise. May I say no compromise. Now the, the slightest of compromise with the devil, he will take advantage of you. That's why the foothold, say foothold. Remember the foothold. The slightest of compromise in your life will give advantage to the devil. The instruction is not to just to lie down. Is the instruction for you to lie down? Having put on the full armor of God, lie down and go to sleep. Is that what the Bible says? Have put on the whole armor of God. Then go to? No, go to sleep, no? I thought that's what your Bible said. The Bible says, put on the whole armor of God and stand firm. So that in the, in the, in the evil day, you will be able to resist. Unless you are standing firm, there is no resistance. Amen. If you're going to lie down and sleep, there is no resistance. You must have, you might have put on all the things that you were supposed to put on. But you're not on the alert. You're not vigilant. But the enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion. Seeking somebody, say somebody, someone to devour. Some flesh. And if you have a lot of flesh, the enemy is definitely interested to devour you. Hallelujah. There is no substitute for spiritual grit. There is no substitute for spiritual grit. Determination. Not human determination, but spiritual grit. Rely on the Holy Spirit. And you must continually introspect your lives. Look into your lives. Always. How do you do that? We heard this this morning also. How do you, look, how do you introspect your life? Look into the, the word of God. What is the word of God equated to? Uh, the, huh, you all spend a lot of time in front of a different kind of mirror. But the Bible says this is the mirror that you got to spend most time with. You got to look into this mirror. Because this will tell you what you're supposed to be. Who you really are. Amen. Talks about a person who looks into this mirror must not forget. He must not forget how he looked. Because that's the problem. You, you quickly glance on this mirror and you go out and you quickly forgotten how you're supposed to be. And you act like something else. But the mirror of God's word says something else about you. It specifies the person that you are supposed to be. 
defines who you are. Understand what God's word says about you. You must know what God's word says about you, not what other people say about you. You must know what God's word says about you. And you must constantly meditate on that, about what God's word has said about me. So that you live a life in accordance to what God's word has said about you. Then when you go out and face the world, do not forget what the word said. That's the problem. We, we do a lot of reading. We do a lot of Bible studies and fellowships. We call it by different names. Focus. Hocus, focus. Wow, amen. You can name it any way you want. House to house, fellowship. There are different names that you can give it. And you come and listen to a lot of word. You get exposed to a lot of word. Every day by in your personal time also, you are hearing a lot of word. But what are you doing with that word? How do you value it? Where do you place it? And on, on Friday when we met, I was asking you, I was asking uh, uh, the youngsters here, I was asking them, do you remember what God speaks to you? Can you remember? And I told the example of, of what we do at our homes. I asked them, did you have your quiet time? And they'll say, yes. And I'll ask them, will God speak to you? Sometimes they'll go, because they just walked out of quiet time. And they're trying to remember what happened uh, just a few minutes back. So now they know that they have to be on their toes. So one time I asked them, but did God speak to you? And they were like, you know, trying, oh, let me, oh. So all, all three of them were caught red-handed and they were all struggling to remember what God spoke to them. So the next question, as they were thinking, I asked them, what do you eat for lunch? They could all remember there was chicken for lunch. That's how we are. The things that appeals to our flesh, we remember. We pay attention to those things. But the things that are pertaining to our spirit, the things of God, do you give attention to that? Do not forget what the word says about you. Live according to that perfect image as described by God's word. The more, say the more, the more you look into the mirror of God's word, what happens? The more you'll be transformed into its likeness. Yeah, the more you will look like that, the more you look, the more you give attention to your image in the word of God, the more you give attention, you, the more you, oh, like that, you will become like that. See, I, I don't think there is any mirror like that. Th there is no mirror on this earth like that. A mirror which can actually give you a makeover. Is there a mirror like that? No mirror. You have to do it by yourself. Makeover. But this mirror, just by looking into that mirror, with, by paying attention, giving attention to this image that you see in the mirror, gives you a makeover. Amen. Amen. It lifts your face. Gives you a facelift. Makes you, makes you look like Jesus. So, I don't know about you, but I need this, this mirror. And I'm, I'm, I want this mirror. I, I'm, not, I'm not interested in any other mirror. I want this mirror for life. I want to keep looking at this mirror because I want to look like Jesus. Amen. I have resolved in my life, I want to look like Jesus. I don't, I, I'm not, I don't fancy any celebrity look or anything like that. I want to look like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. Amen. And the more I look into this, I'm getting transformed into that likeness. 
Hallelujah. Man, say God's word is the highest standard. It's the highest standard a man can ever come across. Amen. The highest standard is not Indian penal code by, for your kind information. It is not. The highest standard is not any human institution's uh, law book. No. The highest standard that a person can ever attain to is the standard of God's word. And we can, a person can only attain to that standard only by relying on the Holy Spirit. There's no other way. Your, your self-will will not, be, will not take you all the way to make you attain the standard of God's word. It will not. The only way you can attain to this high standard is by relying on the Holy Spirit. Day in, day out. Say reliance. Do you rely on the Holy Spirit? Do you even know the Holy Spirit? I mean, in churches, we have to ask this question. Do you know who the Holy Spirit is? Like Paul asked. Paul asked that question. Oh, did you hear about the Holy Spirit? They said, no. I, we don't even know there's a Holy Spirit. Then he had to explain the whole thing to them. They were believers, disciples. Sadly, some people in the church today are like that. They have not heard of the Holy Spirit. So without the Holy Spirit, how are we going to make it? How are you going to make it in life without the Holy Spirit? I mean, give, give, um, just help me with this. Make me understand, if you can. Is there a possibility for a Christian to make it in life without the Holy Spirit? No, he can't. He just can't. Because the standards set are so high. And the only way you can attain those high standards is by relying on the Holy Spirit. And depending on the grace of God. No other way. Some Christians today are solely dependent on this random Christian content. As you scroll down, 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 suddenly some Christian content. You just glimpsed it. Then you scroll down, world, 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 church, okay. World, 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 entertainment, 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 okay, word. Some Christians are relying solely on that for their discipling. How much of the word are you exposed to? Or how much of your day, or how much of your time you give into being exposed to God's word, and how much of your time you give to be exposed by the world? So why do we need God's word? You tell me, why do we need God's word? Just like you go out and play. And I, was, uh, I, I heard this illustration uh, you know, when I was speaking to my, my spiritual father. He was saying, when we go out and play, you all get dirty. You play in the soil, you play in the, in the mud, and then you come back, and what, you, what happens? You go and take a bath. Why? Because you became dirty going out in the, in the mud. Just like that, you need the word because you are living in this world, and you get polluted by the things of this world. And to remain unpolluted, you need the word all the time. The more you have the word, the more you stay with the word, the more clean you will be, you will remain. Amen? That's why we need the word. So in your scrolling down the more important things of life, if you're expecting that the little that you see somewhere in that process is going to help you live in victory as a Christian, no, it won't. Sorry to, break the, to burst the bubble, no. I'm sorry about it. Some of you thought it, it's, it's good enough. 
but I am I'm, I'm subscribed, I'm following, uh, you know. No, that is not enough. If that was enough, then Jesus would have showed us that way. But what did he do? Even at the end of a long day of ministry, he will go up the mountain to be with the Lord, to be with his father. He will move away from the crowd, run away from the crowd, slip away from the crowd. Why? So that he can be with the, the father. Have intimate communion with the father. It's a word. Today the word has to be wrapped up in entertainment for the church to digest it. Yeah, you need a lot of entertainment to present the word. A lot of entertainment. And then little word. Uh, digest, uh, digestive problems. Digestive problems. So in order for the, the, the people who come to church to digest a little word, the minister of God will be trying hard. At least let them get a little word. Let me bring in all the other stuff and then give a little word so that with all the word that they take in, they'll get a little word also. You know, like how mothers feed children with vegetables. Ah, now you get, get the idea. You know, every mother struggles with uh, feeding the child some veggies. So what they do? They mince it, they cut it, they chop it, they, they make it very fine, they make it into powder, they make it into juice and they add it with something else, that they, maybe some meat and hide the, the small piece of veggie. Somewhere in the deep recesses of that sandwich maybe. Or that burger. And today's kids are very smart. <laughs> vegetables. They'll remove the vegetable. See, if you're feeding, who you're feeding, in that manner, they're not going to love the veggies. You've got to tell them, this is what's good for you. And then train the child to eat it. I'm not saying vegetables alone is good. Meat is good. Eat meat. Encourage your children to eat meat. I'm just, just using an example. So in the same manner, in the church, in our fellowships, in our circles, if you're going to present the word like, you know, sandwiched deep in that two slices of world, entertainment, a little word, that is not going to help. That person is never become, going to become a disciple of the word. He'll be a, a full-blown disciple of the world. Hardcore. Hardcore worldly guy. With no tinge of Christianity in him. This is a mistake that we are committing. We are making this. See, the church is answerable to these mistakes. The Lord never, see the Holy Spirit never asked us to do all that. Do you think that the Holy Spirit said it's a good idea? I'll give you cutting edge idea for the 21st century. Come, do this. Give a lot of entertainment. And in the process, just very subtly give a little word. The Holy Spirit will not say that. Jesus was never like that. He, see, he was never interested in having a big crowd. Do you know that? He was never interested in making a big crowd follow him. It just happened. Because he was into signs and wonders and miracles. After a while, they also left. He had no problem. They left. Why? Because he started giving them teaching. People can't handle good teaching then and now also. Same problem. Things which cannot appeal to the person. You know, if it is not sandwiched, well concealed between thick slices of entertainment. By the way, this church, we are not going to take that route. If any of you think you're hopeful one day we're going to take that route, we are not going to take that route. 
I don't want to disappoint you after a long season of wait. Don't come, don't come out and say, no, he, he did not change. No, I'm not going to change. I'm not planning to dilute the word. I mean, whether it is Revelation Kids or Focus or Amen or Vav or Bible Study or House Stars Fellowship, whatever it is, it's all, about, it's all going to be about the, the word. Yeah. See, I don't want anybody to come to this church expecting anything else but the word. Yeah, don't come to this church. If you don't want the word, don't come to this church. Because why waste your time? Why waste my time? Go elsewhere. If you can't appreciate the word coming to you, go elsewhere. Now you might be wondering, why am I talking this repeatedly? But this is a standard. Have to set the standard. Set the expectations. So you will not think of me some, as somebody else. Or you will not think of the church as something else. No. We have no intention in, in tricking people. I do not believe in tricking people into Christianity. That is not my way. And that must not, must not be your way. Because the, as the Bible says, it is difficult for people to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It is difficult. The word will offend. The word will be offensive. So if you can't handle that offense, then tough. Say amen. amen. Yeah. Amen to the word, not to me. Yes. I don't need your amens. To the word of God. Amen. Because that is what's going to change you. Amen. Keep you, preserve you. Oh, preserve you on that day. When you stand before God, the word is that's what I'm going to preserve you. Not anything else. Not your good reputation. Not, not your high standing in society. Not the credentials of, your, of ministry. No. But the word that you received and you kept in your heart, that's going to preserve you. So don't come to church. Don't go to any church. Okay, my advice, if you're planning to leave this church or you're not part of this church regularly, you're just uh, a passerby. If you're part of any church, you're going to any church, don't go to any church with the intention of getting anything else but the word. The word and the presence of God. That's what you need. That's, that's the only thing that you need. That's the only thing that you need. Hello. I mean, what makes you think otherwise? What makes you think otherwise the church is here to give something else but the word? The church is not to give goosebumps. The church is not here to, um, to pamper sin. The church is not here to accommodate every, every filth. No. The church is here to restore. Amen. Amen? According to the standards of God's word. We are healing. Say healing. We bring healing on this earth. We raise the standard of God on this earth. We are the light, the salt of the earth. Amen. The truth, the pillar of truth on this earth. That's what the church is. Go back and study what the church is. The church is nothing else. The pillar of truth. The pillar and support of truth. The light of the world. The salt of the earth. Amen. The glory of God revealed on this earth. That's what the church is. Amen. So don't, don't seek for yourself a church which will not which will not give you the word in entirety. Which will be soft on you. Find a church for you, which, where the, church, the word comes to you strong, where there's freedom to worship. There's a reverence for the presence of God. If there's no reverence for the presence of God, if, if, the, if the worship leader get, gets more reverence than God himself, then don't go to that church. If the pastor is revered over the, over, the, over the Holy Spirit, that's not the church for you. Amen. Go to a place where God is revered. God is honored. His word is being preached. He is lifted up. He is on the throne. Amen. 
and we are you are taught to follow his standards and to worship him and to worship him alone amen because we don't have time to waste the time is near the bible says the time is near the spirit testifies in our hearts the time is near the judge is standing at the door amen the lord is coming amen it's not coming for a a, a beaten downtrodden church it's coming for a glorious church the bride in its in, in all her glory amen so we cannot lower the standards of god we cannot lower the standards of god and if you think that you can influence uh, ministers of god to to settle no don't even attempt it god will take your case god will take your case if you cause the little ones to stumble the little ones it is better the bible says you know i don't want to say the rest it is better for you if you cause the little ones to stumble that is so now if you're trying to cause leaders of 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 the church or ministers of the gospel to stumble because you want them to be swayed to your whims and fancies wo say wo now the children of israel wanted to change the customs we were looking at that the children of, they wanted to change the customs they were not they were not happy with the customs they were in fact they were not even unaware they were not even aware of the customs they forgotten the customs of god they forgotten how the ark must be handled there's no reverence for the presence of god there's no there's no order in their lives they rebelled against the godly order established by god himself and they desired to follow the pattern of the world around them and the bible very clearly says when they asked for a king they came to samuel in his old age the man who was established by god as a judge over israel he spoke and not a word fell to the ground that was his reputation he they came to him the elders of the of the nation came to him and said we want a king like all the other nations when they asked for a king they were not rejecting samuel god told him samuel don't worry this is not about you this is about me they are rejecting me see that's what you must understand and when you play games with the ministers of the god ministers of god you're not playing games with them they can't do anything back to you but god is seeing that god is seeing what you're doing your rejection of a word is not a rejection of a man it's a rejection of god himself that's what that's why we must be very careful do not refuse to listen we read that in the new testament in the book of hebrews do not refuse to listen to the voice of god do not harden your heart because god is looking for somebody who will tremble say tremble tremble man god wants you to tremble at his word not the ones who will who will despise his word but those who will tremble at his word those who have reverence for god's word and if you're going to reject god's word you're not rejecting the person who spoke to you that word you're rejecting god himself and today we want to dilute all this it's okay you don't agree with that man go find somebody else who you can agree with who you can relate with no it's not about the person who spoke to you it's about god who made him speak so the only thing you need to check is is it from the word if it is from the word you better agree if it is not from the word go go some do something else but if it is from the word agree to it is it'll be good for you first samuel 84 is it up yeah and then all the elders of israel gathered together and came to samuel at rama and they said to him behold you have grown old oh what a concern hey samuel you've grown old 
you're, you're doing a lot of work. And your sons don't walk in your ways. They're concerned about the family also. Not just for Samuel, but also for the children. Now appoint a king for us to judge us like all the nations. We want to be like all the nations. But the thing was displeasing in the sight of Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. Because Samuel took it personally, that's why. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. Like all the deeds which they have done since the day that I brought them up from Egypt, even to this day, in that they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. This is in their nature. So God is, God is taking Bible study for Samuel. You don't know history. I'll tell you. This is how they've been. From the time they came out of uh, Egypt, they did all, all kinds of nonsense. You may have forgotten all that, but that's how they lived. When they are rejecting you, they are not rejecting you, they are rejecting me. When they are rejecting your word, they are rejecting me, who spoke and gave you that word. If you are serving God in any capacity, okay, I want to encourage you, those ministers of God in this place, if you are serving God in any capacity, whether it be as a pastor or a, an evangelist or a Sunday school teacher or a youth leader or a worship leader, uh, a, a counselor in any capacity or a personal evangelist, whatever it is, in any capacity or a prayer warrior, if people are rejecting you, know that they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting God. They're not rejecting you, they're rejecting God. And you can feel so dis discouraged. See, that's how the enemy wants to discourage ministers of God. Oh, they've rejected you, nobody wants you, nobody is listening to you, nobody is standing with you. You're a loser. You're a loser. You're, no, you're not a loser. They're rejecting God. The account is between them and God. You have a separate account with you and God. And God, it's like, like we heard that morning, this morning when uh, Brother David was leading in worship, he said, when you stand in faith, what happens? It gets credited, credited. So your account is getting credited for your stand and your response to God's word. You have not, you're not losing. You're gaining. Say gaining. Man, you're getting, there's a credit happening. Man, your righteousness score is going up because you choose to stay with God and His Word. Amen. So don't get, uh, don't, don't, feel, don't feel defeated or discouraged when people reject you. Amen. The sign of a true minister of God is that he hears from God and he's engraced by God. He's, he, he's made to run with God. Amen. The fuel of his running, the drive, the passion that he has is from God, Amen. not from man. Amen. He's not swayed by money. He's not swayed by applause. He's not swayed by encouraging words from the people. He runs on his counsel from God. Amen. Amen. What God has spoken. Amen. Give us a king like all the nations. We want a king. Give us someone. See, look, what were they asking? Look at this. What were they asking? When they said give us a king, what were they asking? Huh? Like the others, yes. But uh, yeah, let's break it down. Like the others, we want a king. But what was the intention of that asking? Huh? Replace God. Let's, huh? Someone like themselves. Okay. Huh? A, a judge. Okay. I'll tell you what. Huh? 
All these answers are right, okay? Sorry, Royce. Someone who could be influenced, well, that's right, that's also there. Someone who could be influenced, someone like, the, like all the other nations, someone like them, someone who could be a judge. It's all right. Huh? We will rule uh, through that man. That also is right. right. Like he said, we can influence the man and we can do what we want. I'll tell you what they were asking. They wanted something that they can see because they could not see God. See, this is the problem in the church also today. We want to be like the world because we can't have faith in the unseen. What is faith? Faith is? Faith is? The evidence of? Things not? So they were not satisfied with the evidence of, they were not willing to take that route. The evidence of things not seen. They wanted somebody to behold. Look, look, all the other nations, they have a king. They can see, they can touch, they can feel. But our king, we can't see, we can't touch, we, can't, we cannot behold. And we always need somebody else, a man, to interpret what he's saying. So they were, they were asking for something they can see with their eyes. To be more specific, something that will fit their brain. Even today, that's what we are looking for. Something that will fit our brain, our small thinking. If God can be boxed into our mind, we are happy. We, don't, we, we can't handle the limitlessness of God. God is limitless. He is infinite. He is big. He is larger than anything. He is bigger than the universe. Give us somebody who, who we can see with our eyes. Give us something we can relate to. Say relate to. Oh, that's another request. You will, be, you, you, will want, you will definitely hear this if you're in ministry. Give us something to relate with. Somebody that we can relate with. Give us something that fits our brain. We cannot handle the spiritual. Give us something worldly. Like all the nations. Like the world. We can't handle. See, that's why Paul wrote... And he said the same thing. I have to talk to you like little children. You're not grown-ups anymore. You're still like little children. You can't ha handle what I'm speaking. So I cannot speak to you the way I'm supposed to speak to you. That's right. Even that, Oh, brilliant. Even at Mount Sinai, when God wanted to speak to the people, and uh, to, to, to Moses, they said, you, no, we can't handle God. We are still in that, that old mindset. The veil has been removed, but we still have the veil. Isn't that sad? The veil has been removed. We are, we have to behold the glory of God. But what to do? We, we are entertained by the world. We like to play in the filth of this world. And we know that it is not right before God. So we want something that we can relate to. Listen, if you can't relate to God's word, you cannot relate to God. And that's why he said, no one comes to the Father except through me. Simple. If you can't handle Jesus, you can't. You can't reach God. If you can't understand Jesus, you cannot understand God. Amen. And who is Jesus? The word. Say word. The word. This is Jesus. Amen. The word that became flesh. 
So if you can't relate to the word of God and the standards of God's word, you can't relate to God. Hello. So what are we asking? Make us like all the nations. Give us all the entertainment that the world has. We want to be like the world. We want to feel like the world. Now we, we, we want things that we can understand. See, that's not God. That is not God's ways. Now, if, you, if you're struggling with that, and I want to tell you, that is not the sign of a disciple. That's not the sign of a disciple. A disciple, of course, when he starts off the walk with Jesus. When I started off my walk with Jesus, I, underst I understood nothing. I still remember, you know, when I got saved, I was at this, uh, at this youth camp, and they're talking about angels. I'm like, angels? I've seen no angels, I've not heard about angels in the church that I came from, the traditional church that I was part of. Then they're speaking about anointing. I'm like, what anointing? I've heard of ointments, but I've not heard of anointing. So I'm not able to relate to anything that they're saying. That's how we start our journey with the Lord. But after having walked with Jesus for some time, if you're still stuck there, not able to, if you're still stuck with the elementary principles, if you're still stuck, you can't handle the meat. There is something wrong. You never become a disciple. That's why. Because a serious disciple will, will go. See, that's how. See, nobody, uh, if, you, if you enroll your, your child to school, you don't want the child to remain in first standard all his life or all her life, do you? You want the child to be promoted to the higher grades. That's how it is in discipleship also. You walk with Jesus, you can't but be promoted. You can't but grow. You listen to him, you can't but grow. That's the power of God's word. The imperishable seed of God's word will do a work which will cause you to grow into his likeness. And you are asking for something that you can relate to. No. It does not work like that. You relate to the word of God. By the spirit of God. You will not understand a thing when you read it first time. I remember the first time I got saved. The power of God hit me. I was on the floor. I came back home. I can't but cry. All I'm doing is crying. I'm sobbing like a baby. Because of the, I got baptized in the spirit. I opened my mouth to pray. I'm, I'm not able to pray. I'm just sobbing. I'm crying. I'm, I'm, I'm groaning. It is not out of grief. It's out of joy. And when I look at, the, and I'm reading the scripture for the first time, things are standing up from the word. I've never thought, I've never saw it that way. In fact, I've never had the interest to read God's word. I was happy going to Sunday school or going for youth, uh, you know, youth movement meetings and all. And maybe if somebody said something, probably I'll give you. But it was never personal for me. I grew up in a good home, by the way. My parents were very insistent on me reading the word and all. But it was just a routine for me. But for the first time, for the very first time, I opened the word and scriptures are standing up. And God took me on a journey, teaching me the epistles. How, if somebody, a newbie comes to the, to the faith, you will say, read the Gospels. Uh, and I, I mean, if, if somebody says John first, John is, John is on a different world altogether. I don't know why people say start with John. But people say, yeah, you start with John. But you know, but Gospels. Because John is more like an epistle. Anyways, so I, God took me on a journey studying epistles after epistles. And he's teaching me the depths of his word foundational things see that's the life of a disciple the life of a disciple if all you can do now is you ask your friend Psalms where is the book of Psalms 
and the, the, the person, because he has heard it in Sunday school, says, in the middle. <laughs> this poor guy might be holding the New Testament Bible. And he's, he opens to the middle, it will be some other book. See, we have to grow up. Say, grow up. Grow up from beyond all this. Amen. We fall in love with God's word. What else can... See, there is no hope for you without God's word. I'm telling you, no friend can give you a future and a hope. No friend. He might be the most, the richest, most influential, the most uh, experienced, um, you know, the most well-connected guy that you can ever find. But there is no future. There's no hope if you're going with him. But with the word, stick to the word. Stick to the word. Stick with God's word. Now, you know, they, these guys were showing flavors of idolatry, by the way. They were, they, this idolatry. They were, they were idol worshippers when they said, we want something to see. We want a person who we can see, we can relate to. An image that we can behold. Because they can't handle the, the formless voice. Which spoke from heaven. Oh. We spoke about it last week, Brother King. The voice that came from heaven. We want church to be more like how things are for everyone in the world. We hear that, no? Let's just do things like how things are done in the world. We want it to be normal. Oh, normal has become such a, such a precious word. Oh, what a fancy, such a high word now. We want a church to be very normal. There's nothing normal about the church. You know, one day, you know, I used to say, okay, you know, in fact, when I, even when I, if somebody, people were to ask my profile, I'll have a short profile. And in my profile, it's written, I'm an ordinary man who heard an extraordinary call from God. And I, I, I choose to believe that I'm ordinary even now. But the Lord corrected me. He said, no, you're not ordinary. Now that I live in you, you're not ordinary anymore. There's nothing normal about you. And you're thinking that you're you are still very normal and you want to be like, you know, acclimized to normal situations and conditions. That is your problem. That's not what the word will tell you. You're not, there's nothing normal about you. The, the, you're a new creation. Say new creation. The old has gone away. The old has passed away. The new has come. The flesh has been crucified. It is no longer you that live, but Christ lives in you. And the life that you now live, you live by faith in the, fa in the Son of God. By faith in the Son of God. Who gave himself up for you. Hallelujah. We want it to be cool. We want church to be very cool. We want church to have more freedom. We want fellowship to have more freedom. Give us freedom. What is freedom? What is freedom? Study God's word. You, you want to know freedom? What is freedom? Study God's word. What you think is freedom is not freedom. It's bondage. It is bondage to the core. And you, you are saying it is freedom. You are still in chains. That is not freedom. Freedom is what you find. In, where the spirit of God is, there is freedom. There is freedom. He, who, he whom the son sets free is free indeed. Shall know the truth and the truth shall set you? Free. See, it's about the truth. It's about knowing the son, the son setting you free. It's about the spirit of God. It's not about your thoughts. It's not about the patterns of this world. That's not freedom. Huh? The boundaries of God's word, that's your freedom. It will keep you safe. You are free when you are in the boundaries of God's word. 
You cannot be freer than that. That's right. It was a freedom that Christ set us free. Do not be. Uh, so be standing firm. Do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. Today we heard about the anointing will, will crush yokes today, break yokes today. It was spoken prophetically over you. The anointing will crush, will break every yoke. The yoke of slavery that is placed upon you. These wrong thoughts, these wrong perspectives that you have about freedom. And being cool. And being normal. And being like the world. Those are all yokes on your neck. It is only causing you to stoop. Amen. You cannot stand up to the devil. If, you, if that's how you're going to live your life, you're no match to the devil. You better, you better understand who you are. Amen. Look into God's word, the mirror of God's word, the mirror, the mirror. They were saying, we do not appreciate the God way, we want the world way. So today when Christians trust in temporal riches and ignore eternal, things of eternal value, the same mistake. If you're trusting, eternal, you're trusting in temporal riches, earthly riches, more than what you are gaining in heaven, you're making the same mistake which the Israelites made. Because they can't trust in what they can't see. If your, if your profession or your business has the priority over your service to God, you're making the same mistake. What's your priority? What is your priority? God knows where you place your priorities. You can have a lengthy debates, lengthy discourse on how well you're managing your priorities, but God, God knows exactly how your priority is and where you're placed your service unto Him. If what you give unto God is from the leftovers, it is proof that you demanded another king. Because you're giving your best to some other king. Leftovers come to God. Whether it is your time, your resource, your energy, your life. There's another king in your life which you demanded. Now what I love about God, what we must all love about God, we must fall at His feet and worship Him because He is rich in mercy. In His mercy, He forewarns of the consequences. Say consequences. That's what a loving God this is. He will not just say, okay, you do what you want. He will also tell the consequences. If you're going to go this way, these are the consequences. So you can think, have a second thought. The consequences of rejecting God, the consequences of rejecting His counsel, the consequence of any decision that you make in life does not really come as a surprise. Do you know that? The consequences of the wrong decisions that you made in life does not really come as a surprise. You might act surprised. Oh, wow. I don't know why it happened. You tell others also. We don't know why it happened. We don't know why. We don't know why it, it went wrong. Why, we don't know why it failed. I'm telling you, the consequence of your wrong turns are not a surprise at all. Because God in His mercy will, will definitely, will surely, say surely, will surely forewarn you and tell you there's a consequence for this decision. That's the love of God. That's the goodness of God. We talked about the goodness of God. God in His mercy, He will speak to us. I, I've told you this before. The word of God comes to you ahead of time, prophetically. 
to prepare you, to correct you, so that you can correct your stance. When the time of need comes, you will not be in need if you have paid attention to God's word. But God is not a God who will leave his people uninformed. He will not leave his people uninformed of the consequences of rejecting his ways. He's a righteous God. That's the righteousness of God. He's a loving God. He's a merciful God. He's full of mercy. Now don't think that God is sitting up in heaven with a joystick and uh, you're all uh, like, you know, part of your, his game. Yeah? Press. Okay, let me add some pain. Press pain. And pain appears in your life. And he's up there enjoying, he's getting a thrill out of your pain. And then he, after some time, he gets bored with your, you know, with your, uh, with the, with the routine. So he presses another button, suffering. And suffering appears in your life. That's not the God that you serve. He has given you choice, the freedom to choose, the power to choose. And he will also let you know the consequences of your choices. Joshua stood before them and said, I place before you life and death. I place before you blessing and a curse. And then he also says, choose life. Why? That you may live. <sighs> what a God. What a God. You want to live? If you're really looking at life, then you choose life. Don't choose, choose death. Don't choose uh, curse. Choose blessing. So that's the God that we serve. He will tell you the consequences of all the wrong decisions that you can ever take. So God asked Samuel to let all of Israel know the behavior of the king, the procedure of the king, the Bible says. The behavior of the king. Tell them this is how the king is going to be. They were told everything as to how this king will eventually become a burden, say burden. See, for every cho choice that you make outside of God, that choice will become a burden in your life. Somebody respond. For every cho choice that you make outside of God and the counsel of God, that choice will become a burden, a liability in your life. So that's why it is important for you to be very careful. Many of your decisions devoid of God can later become a liability. But God has forewarned you through His word, through prophetic utterances. Hello. Sometimes I wonder how, how dumb can people be? Because God gave clear prophetic word. And they are living a life exactly opposite. And that word was given in the hearing of the rest of them. But the person is living exactly opposite, tangentially opposite direction. How? How is that even possible? That's the human nature. If you give in to the human nature, the human nature will wreck your life. Make you forget things which God has forewarned you of. Make you forget, make you forget the word that has come to you. So it's, it is possible to sit through a service and listen to a, an hour of uh, God's word and remember nothing. It is possible, I'm telling you. It is possible. Don't fool anybody. It is possible. You can sit here with open eyes, some with closed eyes also. Yeah, sit through the entire, uh, you know, the sermon or Bible study or whatever it is. And go back and remember nothing. Not even a word. And then you hit the same, very same thing which God forewarned you about. Through the minister of God. Through the Bible teacher. Through the worship leader. And forget completely that God had told him or her about the same thing. 
as a human nature, the flesh. Don't give attention to the flesh. Live by the Spirit. The Spirit will not despise the Word. The Spirit will grab onto the Word. The Spirit will not despise the Word. The Spirit will grab onto the Word. The Word, the Word, the Word, the Word. You cannot, you cannot blame God when things go wrong. Because it was entirely your choice. Listen, the lost son, we mentioned about the lost son today. The lost son, I was reading the story of the lost son yesterday in Luke chapter 15. Yes, Luke chapter 15. I was reading the, the account of the lost son. The lost son one fine day came to his father and said, give me my share of the estate. The father said, okay. Divided his entire wealth, the Bible says. Divided his wealth, gave to his two sons. One half went to the, the elder one. The other half went to the younger one. You must understand the heart of this father. And which earthly father today, while he is still, still alive, divide all of his wealth and give the share to the children? I'm telling you, most earthly fathers today, most of them, 99.99% of the fathers will not do that. Because he will have concerns about his, his own, uh, his own future, his own well-being. But this father, because this young guy came to him and said, I want my share. Give me, divide your, your uh, inheritance, divide your estate and give me my share. The father gave. But the, the interesting thing is, the son never said that he was planning to leave the father. Do you know that? The, the son did not say, give me my share, I want to go. No. The son said, give me my share. So son wanted the share. Son got the share. Then it says, many days later. Many days later, what happened? He decided to go on a long journey. Out into the the, the, the countryside. Yeah? To enjoy the world. To explore the world. By, because now he feels empowered. Say empowered. So the, one of the problems of feeling um, being empowered is you feel that you've been, you've had it all. But part of the empowerment is also the maturity to handle that empowerment. Had he stayed for some more time, the son would have realized how to handle this wealth which is father made with labor. The son did not do much about it. The father gave it to him. It was his father's labor. But one fine day he said, give me my share. And then he, many days later, he is going out. And he squandered it all, the Bible says. Spent it all on empty pleasures. And he was brought to nothing. He was left to nothing. Now, when you seek the world, this is how you think. You feel empowered. You feel that, okay, now that I'm empowered, you know, I can, I can do things on my own. I can, I, can, I can manage my own decisions. I can manage my own skills. I have skills. I'm empowered with skills. I'm empowered with abilities. I'm empowered with some ministry. I'm empowered with, uh, with some wealth. There's riches. See, every time fortune comes, remember, the devil will trick you and deceive you and say that you are empowered to face the world. But don't forget, stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the full course. 
receive the empowerment in fullness. Then only move, make any move based on what the father says. The father would have told him. See, God was not opposed to Israel having a king. Do you know that? Was God opposed to Israel having a king? Not really. But it had its time. Huh? It had its time. But they wanted a king before of time. They cut short the prose of God and they said, give us, a, give us a king so that we'll be like the world. The desire to be like the world will get you to danger. Stick to God's word. Stick to God's word. Stay with God's word. Stay with the instruction of God's word. Because not, you are nothing. Say nothing. Without the counsel of God's word, you are nothing. If you reject the word, you are done. Because you, then you are rejecting God. That's what God told Samuel about the people's decision for a king. They are rejecting me. And even after an elaborate warning of all the dire consequences that will come upon them, the people refuse. The Bible says they refuse to hear the, to obey the voice of Samuel. They refused it. A lot of word can come to you, but you can still refuse the word. The word can be very clear to you also, but you can still refuse the word. That choice is yours. What to do with the word. 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 18 says, Then you will cry out in that day because of your king, whom you have chosen. Say cho chosen. It's your choice for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel and they said, No, but there shall be a king over us that we also may be like all the nations that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Look at the things that they asked. They wanted a king. Why? Because they wanted to be like all the other nations. What's the truth? They were not like all the other nations. And they wanted a king as a judge. That what is the truth? God was a king and his chosen vessel was their judge. And they wanted the king to go before them. What is the truth? God went before them. They wanted their, their king to fight their battles. What is the truth? God fought their battles. Now we read that even in the, when we were learning about Deborah. From the sky, the stars fought. The, the river overflow. And, and, and caused, the, caused the enemies to the, 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 the Red Sea. You see that nature came to the aid of his people because God fought for them. Sun stood still. All kinds of miracles. So always remember this lesson when you ask God for things. If you can't submit your will to God, you might be asking for the wrong things. Surrender your will. Take this time. Reflect on your life.